myself. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say see you. I was like, hey guys. <laughs> Welcome to Free no, no, Fall no, no. RC Podcast. I don't even know the words. You had it. Sounded like you knew it. You read it right off. I've never, I've never even listened to the show. I know, I know. Now that you're on the show, you don't bother listening to it. But it's, the hell you oh, do that heck, it's, it's written right here. <laughs> 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 All right, here, here, I'll read it off. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Fred. Hey guys. This is episode 124, Spring Fling. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Poor very Kevin. nice. <laughs> right? Doesn't he say that? I think Kevin says, like, very nice. <laughs> or nice set or something like that. <laughs> All right. How's everyone's week been? Good, man. How was your week? Why don't you go first? Well, I never go first. So, yeah, let me do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This week was slow for me on the flying side. I didn't do much with that. Uh, what I did was clean my shop it was a bit of a disaster in there it looked like it let a hurricane wash through but i got a lot done in there i uh, got rid of some stuff and uh, i rebuilt my workbench i had that nice tabletop that was an old door that had all the nails in it and the hinge marks still you know rusted into it mm-hmm. yep, yep. and uh put some kitchen cabinets under it and that worked out perfect i've got uh now I've got a whole bunch of doors and storage space that I don't know what to put in there yet, but it's you know no worse than what I had before. I had just had it on a two by four and a four by four frame, and so everything would just end up underneath that the table and and just was a catch all for a bunch of junk. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's cleaned up and a lot neater now. I, I shot you some pictures of it. I'll see about throwing some up on the page. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. I look at it I'm like, oh man. Like you have like that one plane on the table, and you can see the top of the table, your your workspace. Yeah. It right? did not look like that the day before. Sure, I looked at my workspace, and I'm like, oh my god, you can't even see what kind of table it is. It's so <laughs> is it bad. Plastic, wood, metal. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> and that, that was it. Mine, mine was pretty uh, pretty straightforward. Like, like I did, I did get a with with all that cleared up space. I did work on a few planes, got them back to being flight worthy. Nice. What place did you work on? Well, I, I had that um, fly baby that I picked up, and really that one didn't mean much work. It just needed to be uh, get the the receiver in it bound and, and balanced. I had to find out what the balance point was on it. Uh, I had my uh, EDF Vampire mm-hmm. that I yep. had a somewhat of a failed test flight with. Uh, I tried it over at Hodges while I was at the event there, and it didn't want to take off, and it, it kept rolling to the left if it did lift off. And one of the other guys that was a little bit more EDF knowledgeable than I was said it was, it just wasn't get up to speed with the wet grass in the morning. Uh, it was slowing it down too much. Sure. So it would it would just barely lift off, and then it, it would stall and roll Basically, to the left. Right. So, so. Mm-hmm. I had something else uh, that I was gluing. Can't remember what it was, but uh, yeah, I had two or three planes I'd worked on and got them back to being flight worthy. Nice. What about you? Do uh. anything. Uh, yeah, like a little, a couple of little things. I mean, nothing much. Not really worth talking about on the show. All right, well, we'll go on to the <laughs> No, I, um, I guess I could talk about this. I did get my vegan completed. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I got it kind of most of it done the, the, the week before, but 
Uh, this time, I just kind of wanted to make sure everything was good um, as far as my control surfaces, getting the, the V control set up because I did put a silver line V bar in there. Uh, so for you probably don't know what a silver line V bar is, but it's basically like this big brick that has like an external gyro sensor and then and then on top of that i have an external rx on top of it so if you look into the the compartment of my uh the battery compartment of the vegan it's just a mess it's just, just oh, no. tons of stuff like double-sided taped in there um and then there's stuff that's not even double-sided like the uh my uh led ring on the thrust ring i guess i don't even know what they call it but the thrust ring on the back the little led that glows from like the blue orange red that like control unit is just kind of hanging in there and and all the wires, like nothing zip tied at all yet. I need to, uh, I did put some Velcro in there and I started figuring out how I'm going to CG this thing. And with the 1800 single success pack, I can CG fairly easy, right? Because it's one pack, you just move forward yeah. and back. Uh, but if I wanted to double it up with uh, a Y cable to make it a uh, parallel setup, you know, not series, not running 12S, but just a parallel success uh, 1800, making it 3600. The second battery, if I put it on top of the first battery, it's way too, it makes it way too much nose heavy. So that's not going to work. I got to bring it back far enough, but then with all the wires and the fly rollers unit I have in there or the receiver and all that stuff, it just doesn't really fit. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm going to maybe take like a piece of foam board and lay it on top of the battery and extend that like battery as a shelf and then pull the battery, other battery back further. Uh, it's one of the options I was thinking. Um, if not, I'm just going to run it with the 1800. Now, running it with the 1800, I will probably get seriously a minute flight before I puff that pack and hit low voltage. So it's going to be very interesting. If I don't make like two circuits and lead, <laughs> what's going to happen to the, my battery or the airplane? Is it just going to like flop out of the air? <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, I am flying that this weekend, which uh, I guess I could, I'll talk about later on in the um, what's next for you. Uh, besides that, I did sell two helicopters. Oh, yeah? Which one of your helicopters did you sell? None. Oh. <laughs> I'm selling other people's helicopters. Nah, so Kevin's. Oh. <laughs> your wife will be so proud. Yeah. <laughs> so I sold Kevin's 570 at the event, and then I sold Kevin's goblin 380 after the event which is kind of weird because my one of my friends uh, um was like hey do you still have that goblin for sale i was like yeah he's like well i'll take it you know use as a spare airframe that'd be great so so he actually even though he's going to joel now he flies a lot of you know big 3d aircrafts he he's going to joel now so he's like oh you know probably won't be able to meet up with you until after but i want them and you know i'll pay you now for it and i was like all right here's kevin's paypal Pay him, you know, I don't need to deal with any of that money. So I did confirm that, you know, uh, he paid for it. So I, I got that helicopter sitting in my garage, uh, ready to hand over to uh, to my friend. Besides that, I did buy a new helicopter this, uh, this past weekend. It's new to me. It's a used helicopter, but new to me. So I, I'll kind of, I mean, I'll tell you what it is. It is a, it's a Synergy E5 stretch to a 626 millimeter helicopter. Um, which I bought all the parts to do my super stretch to stretch it to a 700. So I'm gonna have a seven. I'm gonna have a 500 size airframe stretched to a 700 size, 
and running a single success pack, which is going to make it an under nine pound helicopter. Under nine pound, 700 helicopter. Let's just put in perspective, most helicopters in the 700 size range, on the average is around, you know, 11 to 12, 13 pounds. So it's going to be three pounds. It's going to be a third lighter than most 700 helicopters. It should be interesting to fly. It should be a really light, floaty machine where I can do some, you know, crazy pirouetting moves and stuff and just kind of let the thing just kind of float in the sky. So I'm very excited to get that set up. And then I went to Spring Fling, which was a great event. You know, What's that? Spring Fling. It's a heli Spring Fling. Oh, helis. Yeah, oh, no. helis, helos, yes. It, no, see, I, I might have been interested if they had any fixed wing there. They did. We did. Oh, what? Yeah, and I'll go over some of that fixed wing stuff. And I'm not just talking about the jets that, you know, folks on our uh, Facebook uh, page uh, might <laughs> might have, um, you know, seen the, the live videos. We're also talking about some 3D planes. So, yeah, interesting stuff. So I guess let's just go right into the main topic then, right? Sure. Yeah. What was the main topic? Spring Fling. Did you even say the episode number? You did, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So Spring Fling. This is this is probably my I wanna say this was my second year going to Spring Fling. Um they do two events like this every year. It's called Spring Fling and the Fall Mow Down. And I went to both last year and this year I went to Spring Fling and I do plan on going to Fall Mow Down. Um I think it's at like in September or October. Now is that mow like the lawn or mow like the name? Like the lawn. Yeah. Okay. Uh so Spring Fling. I mean this event is freaking amazing it's if you're into rc helicopters you need to go to this event it has to be on your list if you're not into rc helicopters you need to go to this event it's got to be on your <laughs> list <laughs> it's just it's such a great event i mean it's just it's just so much fun and you know i understand if you're not into helicopters it might not seem like it but i mean so where, even, where is it it is it's in fredericksburg fredericksburg virginia Okay. It's about a six-hour drive for me. I mean, we had folks from Miami, Florida come up. We had folks from uh, Georgia, North Carolina, yeah, I, a couple of folks from Texas. Uh, you anybody know, from up north? That's pretty central on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ohio. Folks from Ohio came down. Uh, just, just you know, Michigan. Just a whole bunch. So this is like the East Coast, one of the East Coast premier events to go to, premier fun flies. This event is held by Casey Campbell and Joe Reyes. I believe they're the CDs of the event. And uh, Rob Monty has a, a big hand in it, too. He he does. I think he's one of the. Yeah, I think those three guys are the ones who plan it, set it up, you know, do like basically run the, the event. And they do a great job. I don't know how long. I don't I'm not sure how many years they've been doing this, but I mean, it seems like they got it down packed. Every year, it just gets better and better and better. Yeah, it's a really exciting event. So I went down with Rob and Devin McClellan. You know, I rode down with them on, what day was that? Thursday night. And we left around like, I got to their house around 4.35, 5 o'clock-ish. And we packed up and then, you know, we hit the road. Got there around 11 o'clock, which wasn't too bad. We made really good time, about five and a half hours or so. And, you know, we had zero traffic. It was great. We basically cut through Pennsylvania down to, uh, 
you know, like Pennsylvania to Maryland, Virginia area, like there. So, uh, let's see. As far as the people that were there, you know, I think the pilots count was somewhere in the 140, 150 range. There was a lot of people this year. A lot more than last year. For How sure. Many? Like 150 or so. That's a pretty good number for a heli event, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a really good number for, for this type of event, you know. Um, it's great because they have like two flight lines and they do night flying and there's food on premise. like, And, uh, you know, there's even a shop. So if you crash stuff or you want to buy stuff, you can buy and, you know, repair stuff. So it's kind of good like that. And I'll kind of go into that, but uh, we'll just kind of read off some of the folks that were there. Um, you know, if I apologize to anyone who, if I don't mention you, um, it was just, it was a whirlwind event. I would say I didn't get more than three hours per night at this event. Of sleep? Of sleep, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 of sleep. Um, you know, there's so many people there and there's so so much stuff going on that it's like you don't want to miss anything. So you don't really want to and, and you didn't and not even that. I didn't even notice the time go by because, you know, time flies when you're having fun. Right. So it, it was just the same. But yeah, apology. Apologize if I don't, you know, mention your name. It's just it's been crazy. So I'll kind of go down. Um, so Team Align was there. Um, Align did uh, a school there uh, a couple of days earlier than the event. Which was great because they had, uh, you know, they had basically Alan Zabel Jr., you know, just this crazy, you know, top pilot who's been top pilot for a long, long, long time, um, you know, giving instructions, helping people out, you know, training them and, you know, making them a better pilot, better builder, like going over their machines and stuff, all right. of that. So it was fantastic. Um so we had Gail Line, who's the team manager for Line. And then we had Ron Riccio there, Alan Zabel Jr., Derek Chekas. I'm trying to think if there's any more Line pilots. There's probably a couple more I'm forgetting. SAB USA had a big presence there. And we had their team manager, Ron Corris Jr. We had Bert and Susie Kammerer, um, Kyle Stacy, Chris Diamante, Travis Reyes. Uh, Mikado had, I mean, which is a distributable, like, top pilot, you know. Kyle Stacy's, Kyle Stacy and Kyle Dahl. Those two pilots are, like, distributed, like, you know, distributably, like, the top best pilots. And, you know, both of them were there, which is cool. So, Kyle Dahl flies for Mikado, and he was there. Uh, RC Heli Oni group had a whole bunch of folks there, too, uh, like... Chris Olson, Lincoln Everett, um, Chris, I don't remember his last name, I think it's like Ode, but don't quote me on that. Um, they also had from our, I guess, you know, from this, from the podcast that inspired, you know, Kevin and I, you know, Justin Pucci from RC Heli Nation was there, um, and Santiago, and they were running the Mishfa, the Model Helicopter Speed Foundation... Speed okay. Flying Association, yes. Model Helicopter Speed Flying Association. Uh, so they were there running the whole Speed Cup and the drag racing, which nice. I'll kind of go into a little. Um, I have a little section for that I'll go into. Uh, A-Main had uh, several folks there too. Jason Bell, Josh Goudreau, and Paul Androli was there. Synergy had Rob Monte, Mike DiPaolo, and there were like four or five other pilots. And it just, you know, escapes my name. Uh, escapes my head what their names were, but... um. You know, so they had a big presence too. 
And then, you know, you have your, your Mike Sobey, um, who's part of, he's from Ohio, I think, and he's part of like the CP Helly's group. Um, right. Jay Mayville, which I know it's, you know, Ernie. Uh, just, just a whole bunch of people. It was just, it was insane. So it was really nice to go and just kind of meet up with, you know, the usual suspects at these fun flies, I call them. Like, you know, the A-Main Pollock guys, you, you know, the Diamantes, Kyle Stacy, Bert, um, the RCHO guys. You know, just it was just like the team aligned. Like all these folks that we, you know, the events that I go to, I usually see them at. It was great to go see them again and hang out and, you know, just bullshit and, you know, get some flights and stuff and, and watch these amazing pilots fly. I mean, everyone I named and everyone pretty much who was there were amazing pilots. You know, it's it's crazy. It's, I, you know, you talk to people and they're like, especially folks that have been in the hobby for a while and they're like, 10 years ago, you might have had like three or four people. Actually, I saw the Phil Goodwin. Yeah, Old Man 3D. I saw the him. He was like, yeah, like five, 10 years ago, you would have like maybe four guys that can fly like, you know, these these pilots, you know, the crazy all over smack pilots flying super low, dragging their tail blades and their main blades on the ground and stuff when they're flipping. And now it's like 80, 90 percent of the people that fly are doing that or are that good, you know, which is insane. But yeah, so the flying was just so great. And, you know, Josh Gujar was throwing it down with his Goblin Black Nitro. And his compass. Um, Jason Bell, ha- I- I've watched him do a-, a flight on his XL Power 700. And oh my god, that thing was a beast. And Jason's a beast. That's- it was just amazing. Just- these guys, I just don't know how they fly so well. Uh, let's see, Paul Androli was flying his local 700 primarily. And, and, you know, just killing with that. Like, killing it. This kid's like, I don't know, in college. Like, 20 years old? 21 maybe? Or 22? I don't know. Young and just so proficient in the hobby, it's just so good, you know, creating like doing moves that I can't even describe what it is. And and you know, I'll talk to him about it, and they're like, Oh, the paintster, and I'm like, What paintster? Yeah, it's, it's a paintster, you know, it looks like you're stirring up a, a you know, a, a what do you call it, a wooden stick in a paint can. It's like, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's great, Chris Diamante, uh, you know. Factory pilot of uh, SAB, you know, just throwing it down. He has this awesome three-bladed setup, like, you know, goblins that he just, just so locked in and flies so well. And, you know, it's just, it's, and it's crazy. It's, you know, he's also another, like, you know, I think he's like, I don't know, 18, <laughs> 19 years old. And he's just such a great pilot. It's just insane. Kyle Dahl and Kyle Stacy had an awesome like one like you know pilot versus pilot flight off i guess you know it's not like a dance off it's like a flight off so they were like so we did a lot i did a live video of that so if you've seen it it's basically you know they would take suggestions from the crowd you know what do you want to do best you know pirouetting move and they would do like a pirouetting move or best you know a uh, wall or stop, you know, collective stop, and they would do something, and, and people would be screaming and you know trying to kind of vote on what who was better. You know, we had a we had a a three way flight with three top pilots: Jamie Robinson, Kyle Dahl, and Kyle Stacy, and right. they were coordinating moves where, you know, two of the pilots were doing pure pure flips in the air, and the other one was doing pure figure eights around them. 
And it's just, oh, the stuff that they were doing was just, oh, it was just amazing. Jamie Robinson and Kyle Dahl also had a tandem flight where they were doing some coordinated backflips together. So, like, they'd be kind of, like, leapfrogging each other. So they flip, land, flip, land, and, you know, kind of going around. It's just, all this stuff was crazy. It was just so, it was it was just such an amazing experience to watch all these great pilots uh, just throw down. Literally, really throw down. And talking about throwing down, we'll go into yep. crashes because who doesn't like a good, you know, crash, right? right. Uh, you know, there are, I think this event had the most crashes I've ever seen at a fun fly. <laughs> It's, it's like one of those things where you're walking on the flight line and you're like, you hear the helicopter zhuk, 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 making all the blade noises, zhuk, 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 and you just hear a thump in the ground. It's just constantly. You just do, 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 You hear another one go down, another one go down. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, you're keeping the, 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 you know, the hobby industry going by all these crashes, like <laughs> parts. It's just insane, you know. And, you know, there were some, um, uh, you know, mid airs. Which uh, I'll, yeah. this this one's definitely a notable mention is uh, I, I don't remember what the other helicopter was, but I know one of them was a seven six six Synergy seven six six. So it's a big helicopter, big expensive helicopter, and he was flying. And I think I think the person the, the 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 pilot that was flying the Synergy seven six six kind of flew outside his uh, box a little bit, doing a hurricane, so doing a big inverted circuit. And the other pilot basically came down on top of it and just, they both bounced off each other and flew back into their own, you know, um, you know, flight box. Totally, that, I mean, I didn't get a chance to see the other helicopter, so I don't know what it was. I think it was another Synergy, but the 766 was a re-kit. Both, all the frames were broken. Like, both frames were broken, boom wrecked, obviously blades, head canopies all ripped off like total destruction you know they had spotters and everything so i'm not sure how it happened but i guess it just happened so quick that you know even the spotters couldn't call it so so it is what it is um but yeah wow uh let's see other crashes um josh gudro had a really good one he uh he toasted his helicopter so he had a goblin black thunder up uh, sorry black nitro sport i believe you know, with, uh, you know, it's a nitro heli. Awesome flight. Nighttime. He was, it was night under the lights flying. He was doing some huge, really huge hurricanes, you know, going out like to the board, to the tree line and back in. And then he starts doing his like smack routine where he's just on the deck, just, you know, flipping, flopping the helicopter everywhere. And he catches the tail. Catches the tail on the ground. The tail hits the ground. The helicopter kind of like, just implodes on itself and then and the chicken and then like the motor's just running and the motor's running and you just hear and you know he goes up to it tries to kill the motor like try to pull the fuel line or maybe hit the throttle or the carb close and he's like he put his little pinky on like close to the motor and he burned it It was like nope nope he stepped away jason bell goes running up to it and he's like and he just takes his like hand, you know, his like hoodie and wraps his hand or whatever, like, you know, the sleeve. And he just goes in and just like tries to cut the throttle and the thing pops. And then the RPM just increases, like screaming, sparks are flying, thing is glowing orange. The motor's oh. glowing orange. Crazy. And then he like he just goes back in there and he just cuts the motor off and it dies. And 
That thing was a total rekit, and it was only two days old. He built that helicopter at the event. It totaled it. Totaled it. You know, it sucks, obviously, you know, when when shit like that happens. And and Goudreau was like, you know, he was very, like, um, composed with it. Like, you know, he's like, oh, man, yeah, that sucks when it happens, you know, and like. Not, not, not like freaking out or crying like I probably would be. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was amazing. Go check out everyone. Check out Bill Anthony's video. He's posted it already. Um, so just you know, if if you if you're into the helicopters, you're on RCLE Hangouts or CPLEs, or even on our page, I've already linked it. Um, it is uh, it is an awesome flight, and it is you know insane to see a helicopter just kind of blow up like that or just implode on itself uh who else crashed let's see uh ron riccio ah my boy ron man he was doing he was he's all weekend he was doing some amazing flying just stuff that i've never seen him do before just killing it and um in his last flight with his align t-rex 700 xn he was doing some you know he was doing some circuits and some you know um, maneuvers and stuff and he kind of was going from the right to the left and all of a sudden the tail just gave out on it and it came down and that thing chicken danced for like five minutes so on on the side where the rotor still spinning and still engaged the clutch that thing was just spinning around in circles just beating itself into pieces you know cutting the tail boom completely off and, and just breaking a whole lot of crap um and of course, cooking the motor. You can't, you know, whenever a chicken dance, you, you basically cook the motor. Surprisingly, he landed not on the pipe side, so his pipe looked pretty good, which I guess is a plus. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it was a, uh, it looked pretty, uh, pretty gruesome on on the damage that it caused. Uh, so it was kind of unfortunate. There were some other crashes. I crashed, but I crashed an Oxy three, so it wasn't that big of a deal, you know. Uh, and I just picked it back up and flew it right after, which was quite interesting. The last day, I was like, you know, this Oxy-3, I haven't rebuilt this in a while. It's, it's you know, I haven't had to fix it or repair it. So you I'm, put it in? I'm going to put it in. <laughs> I'm going to fly as low as all these other guys fly. I'm going to give it a shot. If You know, if any hell to do it, why not? So yeah. it's, it's funny because I actually did it with the Oxy-2 first. I was like on the deck, just flipping, half pure flip, on the deck, just... You know, try to scrape the blades and stuff, and then I, yeah, I dug the tail in, and you know, scorpion the tail, and the tail's all bent back into the head, and like everything's just. I was like, okay, and I was like, all right, next is the Oxy Three. I'm gonna do this. The Oxy Four was the only helicopter, and up, obviously, I was like, no, 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 I'm not gonna mess with that. But the Oxy Three, I'm like, I'm gonna fly this real low too, cutting grass and everything, flying super low. You know, by like a minute, I had fly, and I, I hit some of the tall weeds, and you know, it gets all tangled up. A couple teeth, you know, scraped on the main gear, but not bad at all. So you know what I did? I just unscrewed the motor, pushed the motor more into the main gear, and tightened it down. And I, I had uh, Michael Shaggy Parker and Devin McClellan next to me, and I was like, all right, who wants to fly it next? So I'm <laughs> fly it. Devin flying it. He was flying it for about a minute or so. You know, it's only about a three-minute flight or so. So I think I, I might have put a new battery in there, and it's like, okay, fly and I was, he was doing this, like, you know, he was flying and doing some smack stuff. And I was like, no, Devin, lower. And he was like, flip. And I was like, 
no, hold it, hold it. Don't pull out. Don't pull out until it's – and I'm like, pull out right there. It's right on the deck. Like where one of the times he did, he scraped the tail blades and cut some grass. And I was like, that's how low I want you to fly. <laughs> and he was like, you know, flying, flying, good, doing some good pirouette flips and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, I was like, okay, land, let's give my, you know, Shaggy a run on it. And he's doing it. And he's doing everything up high. And I'm like, no, bring it down. What are you doing? I said low. I want this thing to crash. I don't care. Crash it. Just, you know, don't hit negative and just go right into the ground. But do maneuvers and do it low. And if it goes in, don't worry about it. Um, and he was doing stuff, but he didn't really get that low. And then he ended up crashing it um, and stripping the rest of the main gear out. So the main gear and the spindle was the, uh, was the only damage on that helicopter. I need, it, we didn't even break the main blades, which is odd because on my Oxy-2, I dig the tail in and the main blades are gone, <laughs> you know? Uh, so so it's kind of interesting that uh, the, the switch, uh, uh, switch 283s I have on there survived no issues. It was great. Uh, Mishfa. So the Model Helicopter Speed Flying Association. So Justin Pucci and Santiago, I, I don't remember Santiago's last name, but um, they run a fantastic, you know, event or I guess, you know, competition within the event. Um, so they were doing speed racing. So they did a speed cup there and also did drag racing. So speed racing is, you know, they have two um, pylons set up, one on each side of the field. Uh, I forgot it was like either... I think it was 200 meters apart. And they would run, you know, the helicopters through the one gate and then through the next gate. And, you know, you didn't have to run actually through the middle of the pylons. You can run higher or further back. It's okay. But they had basically folks um, timing it. And that that actually produced some crashes. <laughs> uh, there was one guy who was actually mating his full-size uh, Goblin Comet. I think it's like, the helicopter airframe alone is like two grand or something like that. Um, he didn't crash it that bad, but he was, he crashed it on the landing. It just, you know, he tipped over on the landing and that was it. Not too bad on the damage, but, you know, damaged nonetheless. Uh, there was another mini comet that was flying and this is, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Charlie. I didn't even mention his name, Charlie Crespo. He, uh, he drove his <laughs> mini comet in. He was doing like a, I guess they do like a, a stall turn and then come in and they go full pitch, full throttle across the field. And he just didn't pull out in time because I think he was coming in tail end and he tried to rotate it and go nose and then it just crashed. So, uh, There's some other crashes. There was a Goblin 500 that was totaled, totaled. Um, he was like, <laughs> I was talking to the pilot and and I think John was his name. I don't recall his last name, but he was like, yeah, you know, I saw the helicopter and I was like, oh, it looks so nice in the air. Thook. <laughs> he forgot to pull out <laughs> and fly the helicopter because he was just kind of amazed at the helicopter in the air, which is quite, uh, quite funny. So, um, yeah, so the speed cup was good. Uh, you know, they, they gave us some prizes and stuff for that. Um, drag racing. I, I, I competed in a drag race. I didn't make it too far, but I, you know, being my first time, I had, you know, tons of fun doing this. So, with the drag racing, it's basically 
two, you know, helicopters are sitting, fully spooled up, ready to go, and they count down three, two, one, go, and on go, you, you know, you gun it and you go. And it's a, a hundred meter track. So there's one pole out there that, you know, you're basically going, you try to get to that hundred meter pole first, and then you kind of go up and come back towards yourself, you know, slow down and come back towards yourself. So, uh, with that, Drag racing, it was quite interesting. Uh, there's, you know, a couple of folks went ahead before me, a couple of heats, I guess, and oh, the first heat. And then, you know, it was my turn. I've never drag raced before. I don't know nothing about drag racing. I know nothing about setting up a helicopter for drag racing. But all I did was turn up the head speed all the way up on my bank three. And, you know, my helicopters are set up about 11 degrees, 11 half to 12 degrees, depending on, on the size. But on the Oxy-3, which is a helicopter I raced, I had it set to normally around 12 and a half degrees, which was 75, you know, um, on the V-Bar Neo's, like, setting, 75. And I just turned it up to 100. So who knows what that is? Maybe 14 degrees pitch, maybe 15, something like that. Not knowing what I'm doing, you know, I spool up the heli, you know, I get my heli ready, and, you know, I tilt the heli forward a little on the ground, and then, you know, three, two, one, you take off. So, first off, I race Michael Shaggy Parker okay. with his Goblin Fireball. So, another success, uh, 280, 285 uh, millimeter, like, blade length uh, helicopter. So, about the same size, and, you know. And, and right off the bat, I don't know what happened, but I'm rooting for Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's, uh, thank you for that. I, I see where your loyalty lies. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, he, does, he has his Goblin Fireball, and I have my Oxy Three. So, so oh, you know, it's kind of a, like a, I don't know. To me, it's kind of like a Ford versus Chevy, or Ford versus Dodge, or Dodge versus Chevy, like that type of like you know race. Because right. Oxy Three came out first, and then you know, a little while, a couple of years after, you know, Goblin re- produced. A same size helicopter, so a three hundred size helicopter. So you know, it's always been like a thing where it's like people are like, "Oh, you know, do you like the Goblin better or do you like the Oxy better?" You know, is the Goblin better? Is the Oxy better? People who own both, you know. So it's always been that kind of thing, like you know, is Ford better than Chevy or Chevy better than Ford or you know Dodge or whatever, you know. So we both spool up and we go get ready for this you know they make you wear hard hats to just protect your noggin if something were to go wrong which is you know good um so we got our hard hats on and he you know santiago's like three two one go i take off and i almost flipped this thing inverted because i didn't know how much forward elevator to give or you know up elevator to give i don't know how much like i just went full throttle so full collective not left stick just went all the way straight to the top my right stick went straight to the top, and it was too much, and it flipped the heli, almost inverted. I pulled back, and then it's going right, left, squirrely, like I'm like I hold, like it's a drag car of those traction, just going back and forth, fishtailing. That's what it looked like, just squirrely, back and forth, back and forth, and boom, it goes. You know, I finally kind of settle it, and it goes. First round goes to Shaggy. I'm like, okay, not a big yep. deal. Okay, let's try this. It's, it's best out of three. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, second run. I'm like, okay, I got this. Is, this is game time. Like, you know, I got I got to, I got to win this round if I'm gonna, you know, have any chance. Um, I take off and like, 
you know, when these these uh, helicopters drag racing take off, they kind of like pop up maybe about 30, 20, 30 feet. And then they kind of like a whole line and sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down depending on the pilot and how much forward elevator you have, like the how knife edge the, the, the helicopter is, right? You pop up that high? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, last time I saw anything to do with any of the helicopter drag racing is back when Inside Heli was still active and Chris, mm-hmm. one of the guys on there, was yeah. sharing videos. And it only looked like they popped about 10 feet and they were just hammering at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you're really good, they're about 10 feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so think about like Shaggy is, Shaggy pops it up and he's about, you know, 20 feet, say. I pop it up and I'm like 50 feet and then it starts to drop. <laughs> but it's, it's the craziest thing because he gets a, he, we both take off pretty much at the same time, but I go like twice the height he's gone. But I just held it. I just gunned it. And it's like, I'm just going to hold this and let it go. I don't, you know, I don't care if I crash. And, and that was never a worry. I was just like, I'm just going to let it go. So it was funny because he jumped out maybe about 15 feet in front of me because he didn't go as high. Because I wasted a lot of energy going with height instead of distance. Yep. So he was like 15, 20 feet in front of me. But once my helicopter stopped rising, it shot like a bat out of hell. Boom. I won that round. It was crazy. No. I I was behind and I ran and ran Thanks. and outran him in the long game. You know the long run. Okay, heats. You know first heats one one versus one. All right. This is the last run. This is going to be the the you know deciding factor, right? right? So I I go. Oh wait wait before I do that, I get out there and I win right. And I you know when you win you like you because your your helicopter is like think about the helicopter being knife edge like the tail straight up nose straight down and just flying through the air forward, you know it's crazy. So then I I level the helicopter up and usually when you level it it flares up, you know, and it flared up and out and this is like two hundred yards away now. It's a three hundred size helicopter. It's an oxy three. Thing was a dot, and I'm just like. I'm just like, you know, telling folks like, I'm like, I don't have it. I don't have it. Shaking my head. No, I don't have it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, basically. I don't see it. I don't know. I don't have it. And I'm just like pulling back on the elevator, trying to get that this to tilt back and fly back towards me. Because, you know, at this point, I was pretty level, but I was still nose, like tail in. And I'm like, okay, I'll just tilt the, I'll just tilt the heli back, give it a little positive, and just fly the helicopter back. It has to come back. It has to come back. I'm like, I don't have it. Rob's standing next to me. He comes up next to me. He's like, I don't have it either. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, no one has it. No one, no one can see it. <laughs> but eventually, I, I saw the tail boom and the disc. I was like, okay, okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got it this time. So anyways, come back, land the helicopter, get ready for the third run. Get ready for the third run. Now, this run was like, I don't know, the best run, I think. We were both... Pretty much, um, height-wise, got the same height, but I just, phew, I was gone. I was just, without a doubt, lane one, one. Yeah, so there's a lot of smack talk on the on the RC Heli Hangouts group about podcast versus podcast. You know, free fall versus telerotor versus the RC Heli Hooligans podcast. And, and the funny thing was, was, you know, I was like, all right, I'm I'm game. I'll, I'll do the drag race. I don't care. You know, I'm gonna I'm only gonna fly my oxy. I'm not. I am not daring this with my, you know, brand new canopy goblins or anything like that. No way. So, you know, that's cool. Whatever. Uh, it ended up just being Shaggy 
and myself. Everyone else, well, Kevin wasn't there, obviously, so he couldn't participate. Um, you know, Darcy Heli Hooligans podcast guys, they didn't want to participate. Um, Monty didn't even want to, or DePaulo didn't want to participate on their side. So it's just me and Shaggy were the only ones, you know, that were down to do this. So, so of course, on the first heat, it, that's how we matched up. Um, out of the, I guess the the sixteen or however they do the matching the brackets, and yeah, I brought the W for the free four RC podcast. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm sorry, Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Shaggy, but I won. In your face. <laughs> uh, no, nah, so it was good. It was. It's definitely you know. It was definitely good times, and then you know, you know, then then the races continue. So there's 16, and then, then you know, half get eliminated. And now there's the top eight, and of course, you know, he that was uh, Devin was um, Devin flew an oxy three also. Devin McClellan also raced, uh, but he he um, did he move forward? Yeah, he did move forward, but he um, yeah yes he did move forward. So there was two oxies in the second heat. So two oxes on the first heat, they move forward to the second heat. So right there, I mean, that's awesome. So you think, you know, uh, two out of the eight in the second heat were oxy helicopters. These little 300 millimeter size helis. Like, you know, tiny little helis compared to these monster 700s, you know, nitros and gassers and all this stuff were flying electrics, you know, and they, and those big helicopters when they spooled up on the ground full you know collect like full throttle i guess or you know full head speed just sitting there and they take off the air that that's an impressive noise it's like rawr, just screaming and you know you have these little oxygen like little gnats just kind of whizzing in your ear <laughs> but they make it to the second heat nice so who was i up next against I was up against Kyle Dahl and his Logo 700. <laughs> so my little Oxy and, and Kyle Dahl, which is like, I mean, you know, he's a super, you know, top world, you know, championship pilot. And here's little me and my little, little, you know, beat up helicopter flying against, you know, Goliath. And nope, David did not win on this one. <laughs> I did not win. I lost every single round, like nothing. I think I might have, I think it might have been like one and one and then not he won. Like, I think I might have beat him once because he jumped the line or something like that. I don't, I, but no, I didn't win. Nope, nope, nope. But. Okay. I was wondering because you, you you're hitting the guy with a lot of praise there at the beginning, so either you're boosting him up so you can say that you beat him, or it wasn't your fault that you lost. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, come on, <laughs> you know anyone who listens, anyone who knows helicopters, they hear Kyle Daughter like you know that he's a he's a fantastic, amazing pilot. There's you know, so uh, I did lose, but you know what? I shook his hand and said, you know what? I'm okay losing to you because how many people can they say they competed with Kyle Dahl? <laughs> you know, so so I was happy for that. Um, and then I think I think uh, Devin with the other Oxy Three ended up competing against uh, was it Alan Zabel Jr. I think it was Alan. And Alan, like perfect technique, his helicopter every single run looked exactly the same, same height, same forward motion, and everything. Like that's how um, consistent he was. So. So that was cool. 
So, and that was kind of, you know, at, the, at that point, you know, I just ended up watching. I posted a bunch of 3D, uh, the, the, the last round, which ended up being Burt Cameron and Kyle Stacey, uh, both uh-huh. rocking the, uh, you know, Freedom Edition or the USA Edition, Goblin, uh, Black Thunder Sport. You know, 700 size heli is just sounding mean. Um, so I did, th- I did a couple of those. Uh, I recorded the, the heats, but I just did the like slow motion because they just looked amazing. And it's great because when you watch the slow motion, you can see who took off after. It's right. You can kind of tell when they do it in you know full speed, but it's really you know evident. Like, oh, okay, Kyle took off, and then like a second later, you see Bert take off. It's like, wow, or like you can see the angles of the helicopter. You know how 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 knife edge they are if their disc is like you know perpendicular to the ground, or if it's a little bit slanted back. You know, so it's interesting to see that type of. Uh, you know, slow down video capture uh, of these helicopters doing these speed runs or the drag racing runs. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Bert did win. I mean, sorry, Kyle won. Okay. Which Bert's Kyle's boss. <laughs> so he, Mr. Kyle beat his boss and he was like, ooh, I'm going to have a job on Monday. <laughs> no, no, but, you know, obviously this is all fun and games and, and everyone is, you know, no one got mad or anything, obviously. <laughs> they did do, uh, later on during the event, they did another drag racing, kind of like a call out, like, you know, just people calling um, things out, you know, calling other folks out and doing some drag racing. Yeah, but I, I didn't really participate in that one. I didn't even watch it. I was over at flying on the other flight lines, so. Oh, there was a, on RC Heli Hangouts, or it might have been on CP Heli, I forgot which Facebook group, but uh, there was a, a little challenge that was, basically um thrown out there it was it was shaggy michael shaggy parker and bob heister and i forgot who called out who i think shaggy called out bob and they were gonna do a pink slip race helicopter for helicopter i mean by the time by the time you watch this you know by the time you listen to this podcast you'll you'll hear you'll see probably see the video but originally it was supposed to be a what is that? Thunder Tiger, you know, E700 versus a Goblin 500, you know, uh, Freedom Edition or USA Edition. Um, and that was just a ruse. <laughs> and then ended up being two Blade 180 CFX. Nice. <laughs> they were both racing two little, like this little Blade 180 CFX. And they weren't going to full distance. They were like, you know, it would be the equivalent of doing like, uh, they did an equivalent of doing like an eighth mile, you know, instead of a quarter mile. They just took half the distance, which I was recording on Bob's camera, and it was still impossible to see those helis. As soon as they took off, it was gone. You couldn't see them. Not that they were fast. They're just that small. <laughs> so you couldn't see it really. And guess who won? You think Bob won or you think Michael won? Uh, Bob. Yes. You guessed right. Bob Heister won. Hey. Yes. Yeah. He takes a win. He takes the helicopter home. <laughs> So um, it was interesting because they're also like on the way back. <laughs> they're like, I, I guess Shaggy landed first. Shaggy came back first and it was like, ah, this ain't my helicopter anymore. Inverted. Lands inverted. <laughs> and Bob was like, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. He lands it, at first. He lands and it was like, oh, no, no, I'm taking back off. So he takes off, flips it, lands it inverted too. But uh, yeah, that was, it was, it was great. <laughs> So I'm sure these these guys had the uh, the whole Facebook groups, you know, going on like, oh man, 
what, what helicopters are going to race and you know because you know people hear pink slips it's like oh that's serious you know <laughs> so it was cool uh the food food was great there breakfast is amazing you pay six bucks or you know it's considered a donation um and you get like eggs bacon sausage home fries english muffin um on a plate you know six bucks can't beat that they had breakfast every morning it's amazing lunch was your your typical hot dog hamburgers uh sausages peppers and onions um and french fries and then you know like your your drinks and stuff uh the pilot dinner was fantastic it was fried chicken baked beans what else was there cookie salad lemonade iced tea um uh, corn on the cob that was yeah and you know that was included to pilots uh you know pilot entry fee the raffles were insane they were raffling off a goblin black thunder sport it was built but it only had servos didn't have a motor or esc or fly browser but it was an airframe with switch blades bk servos 7002 7006s and one of my friends, John Mayville, won that, which was pretty cool. Um, there was uh, an Align T-Rex 700XN, and it's actually funny. It was one of the, I guess, I think they they live locally or they're part of the club. They won that one. You know, so there's a lot of airframes for sale. Joe Cashwell was there with uh, Rotocraft RC, and they had the charging cases and stuff. And so he donated a charging case which they raffled off. And, uh, you know, uh, my friend Ernie won that one, so that was cool. Let's see, what else was there? Then, you know, there was like a whole bunch of blades and other smaller stuff. There was uh, a set of BK servos that went. And then there was the Team Ninja or, you know, the Ninja Raps, right? Joe Reyes, um, they had a special giveaway. Didn't tell anyone what it was. It was just a box saying the Team Ninja special raffle, you know. And then it had a little hint and said, not a Spectrum. Okay. So, it was for, and which they didn't release what it was for until they actually raffled it. Like, found out who won the raffle. Right. Uh, um, and it was for a V-Control Touch. So, the brand new $1,200 radio. Yeah. With a custom ninja wrap. Yeah, I, I would have gone with the Spectrum. You would have. <laughs> you could buy two of your IX-12s for that. I don't I don't want an IX-12. Okay, you could, have, DX- you could have bought four of your DX-8Es for that. <laughs> How about that, huh? <laughs> Think about that. You could buy two and top-of-the-line receivers for all your, all your planes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was an awesome prize and an awesome surprise. Uh, I couldn't believe they did that. So, you know, Kyle Dahl went up there with Joe and they, they you know, did that. So it was pretty cool. Um, another thing I want to mention is, uh, you know, every every spring fling, fall mowdown, um, a local photographer comes by. He's also a pilot. He flies uh, a lot of, you know, lines, nitros and stuff. And his name is uh, Marek um, Kuniki. I think I'm saying his last name right. Probably not because I butcher people's last names. That's kind of what I do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and you know, he was posting some shots from, you know, I guess they were like he was at the field one day, maybe do some test shots or something. 
And he posted on RC Heli Hangouts, and I was like, Marek, or he goes also by Mark, and I was like, bro, you need to, I need a picture like that, you know? I need a picture like that. He took a picture of Ernie with, like, his, you know, uh, Raptor with, you know, Flybard Heli with his transmitter, Futaba transmitter. I was like, dude, I need a picture like that. So, you know, after he takes, he took a picture for the SAB USA team. And you know, kind of got their picture done, and I was, and you know, I'm standing there, and he's like, he's like, Steve, you ready for your picture? I was like, cool, I'll go ra- grab my helicopter. You know, I wasn't sure if he was gonna do it or not, but I, I went and grabbed my helicopter, and basically, you know, he was like, okay, he's like, he, you know, as a photographer, was like, okay, hold the helicopter like this, you know. He was like, smile, took a couple pictures, like, no, okay, don't smile, let's just do like a serious picture, let's do like a thug picture, and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, and and then when he took the picture a couple times, he does this weird, this like kind of like an HDR type of uh, camera trick where he takes several pictures with lighting in different positions and yeah. then merges them. And I have to say, this picture looked freaking amazing. Um, even he was like, out of all the pictures I took, this is the best picture, including the pictures of the SAV team and all those other pictures he took. He was like, this was the best. And um, I have to say that picture was fantastic. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't thank him enough how, how great he made me look, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it was awesome. Um, you know, it's my cover picture on my profile. So, and, you know, so if you go to my Facebook page, if everyone goes to my Facebook, you'll see that picture I'm talking about. Um, and granted, this picture in like less than a day or two got like 120 likes. It was insane. It got so many likes so quick. It was, you know. Definitely, it's not just my opinion of, you know, seeing myself like that, like that, you know, I'm saying it's a great picture. It was definitely an amazing yeah, shot. It, if you haven't seen the picture, you know, uh, not to inflate his ego any, but go check it out. And uh, it is, it's it's just well shot. You had the dramatic gray clouds in the background. The the front lighting was just spot on. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. it, he, he, the... The photographer was good because it didn't have that you know silly kind of goofy looking, you know Steve that we all know. It, he looked very serious and almost gangster. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. He was he wanted that. He was like, no, no, don't smile, head up, head down. Like, you know, kind of guiding me. And, and I never really, you know, I never had a real like photographer take a picture of me like that, you know. So it was kind of it was new to me, and I was like, okay, and I did it, and yeah, and then the way he had me hold the helicopter up like that, resting kind of like. You know, the skid's on me, and I'm holding the top of the yeah. head, showing the Switch XF blades on top, it just with the orange and everything, because the orange contrasts a lot on the rest of the, uh, the you know, the colors in the picture. It came out real. it just, it came out amazing, so, you know. Yeah, and that was all Marek. That was nothing with me. It could have probably been any person, and he would have made them look freaking fantastic. So, so thank you, uh, thank you, Marek, for that. Let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, yeah, I want to give a big shout out to Shannon from Only Fine Hellies, uh, if he listens. That uh, I it was awesome that he was out there. He comes out to this event and sets up a full shop. Um, him and his son Caleb, which Caleb's an amazing pilot. You know, I think he's like 12 or 14 years old. He's super young, but um, you know, just awesome that like there's support, parts support for people who crash. You know, for people like myself, who I ended up buying my E5 Super Stretch or my E5 626 Stretch from him. Um, it was Caleb's old machine or his old machine. And he was just like, yeah, you know. And he gave me a fantastic price for the airframe. 
And he had, I would say, 95% of the parts I needed to stretch it um, to the 700. So I basically bought everything I needed from him. There's only like two things I need uh, that he didn't have, which I'll just order, uh, which is not a big deal. But yeah. So, you know, it's great that when you go to these, uh, go to this event that there's part support. So if you crash, you need to set up blades. He carried, and he carried all the good stuff, man. He carried Synergy, he carried Protos, Goblin. He had new kits. You know, he even had used helicopters. He had, uh, um, you know, X Nova motors, Hobby Wing EXEs, V Bar Neos. He had, um, Gen A's batteries. Just, he had just tons of stuff. Rail blades, switch blades. VTX blades, like it just you know, so you had your choices. It was great. He had Castle ESCs, you know, it just tons of stuff, tons of stuff. You know, it's like I don't even understand like how he can know what to bring. <laughs> you know, I guess he just packs up his whole shop. I don't know, but uh, yeah, he just he just had tons of stuff to to sell, and you know, which is great because you know, crashing does happen, and usually happens more at events than not. So you can quickly get your parts and get back in the air. So that was awesome. So thank you, Shannon, again from Only Fine Helis, onlyfinehelis.com. Uh, let's see, random uh, heli was out there, you know, displaying their, their skid clamps and their um, their plane products, which they have like the plane holders, the wheel chalk type of the holders and the other holders that kind of hold the whole plane when during transport um, or during on the bench and stuff. So... So that's some cool stuff. So there, he was highlighting some of his new products out there. Mentioned Rotorcraft RC. He was out there, and I gotta say, um, you know, this was this was kind of after the flying was done. This this one was first one was before the flying was done. He has this case that he makes. So he makes charging cases, right? So he had this one case. It's a yellow case, and it's like a total like you know, you know, Department of Defense type of like rocket system. So they were shooting model rockets, and it was like one of those things where like you had to hit a sequence in a certain pattern, right. and then you have two keys, and you have to turn them at, at synchronize turn them at the same time, or it won't ignite, it won't fire the rocket. So he was doing, so they were doing that. They were taking rockets that were, I guess, supposed to take like an A motor or a B motor, and throwing in an F motor in there, and gluing like epoxying the whole thing. So like it does, so that it doesn't blow off the the top with a parachute, and it was just like this this rocket that's like maybe about four inch in diameter, but only about twelve inches tall, um, you know, would fire off in the air and like it would come down and just like long dart straight down in the crowd. It was just it was cool. It was amazing. Uh, obviously, they did it safe. They angled it to so shoot away from everyone um, with the wind and all that stuff. So, uh, so that was cool. Uh, Casey Campbell, man, whoo. So, so for folks that don't know, Casey's family, the Campbells, they own that land that that club is on. So they they own the land. It's like three hundred acres or some crazy number like that. Um, they own the land. They rent out. They lease out the the field for to farmers to farm in, and also right. for the RC club to have their club there. Um, this year, which was different from last year. Was two things. First of all, they had real bathrooms with showers. What? Like I'm not talking about a trailer. I'm not talking about Porta Johns or rent a was it Johnny on the spot or anything like that. 
a real bathroom. You had your men's room, your women's room. It was like a real bathroom. You go in, you had your own stalls and stuff. And then they had two showers where like it was this own room. You go in there, it was like a little, like I guess it's like a, a five by five. And then and then there was a shower. Um, amazing. You know, they had water hookups, electricity. So you didn't have, it's not like, you know, like Flight Fest was like, oh, you got to kind of take a quick shower. And, uh, you know, like it was a trailer. So it's kind of like, you know, it was very small and compact and kind of, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was something, right? It was great for what it was at the time. But this one was like full blown, like it was amazing. You know, you have your shower, you have your mirror and everything. It's just, it was great. Came in so handy for anyone who was camping there. Um, like say tenting and, you know, stuff like that. Even us with the trailer, uh, the camper, we didn't end up showering or using the bathroom in the camper. Why, why do that? You know, when they had public sewer, public water, right? So they had like real water, real sewers taking the garbage away. You didn't have to worry about like having to, you know, take your RV and, and go to a campground and dump it later. So it was fantastic. It was so, it was amazing. Um, that was something new this year. And then another thing new is, Casey bought a cannon. Uh-huh. A cannon. Uh, what did it shoot? Bowling balls. Oh. Yes. And oh my god, this was insane. You're supposed to put like two ounces of gunpowder in there, right? Black powder. He puts a cup. <laughs> he puts eight ounces worth. That oh, thing no. shot up like 200 feet in the air in this huge arc. Like, fook! You just hear this big, like, pow! It goes up like 150, 200 feet, and then you start seeing this descent, you know? The thing, the cannonballs were so heavy and so much, like, inertia that only about an inch of the top remained out of the ground when it landed. Yeah, and they had to dig it out, and like you know, they're lucky missed- like the finger holes were on top, and they dig it out, and they did that a couple of times, man. I missed that on the video. I didn't see it sinking to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to do video. <laughs> I wish I did. Uh, I think on RC Heli Hangouts group, there was several folks that went live or posted videos on it. But yeah, so because I watched them shooting it straight up. Yeah, I mean, you know, he angled it so it would like basically land over the tree line onto another field. No danger involved, and you know they would go out there in their side by side and pick up the ball and come back. But that was amazing. <laughs> All the dogs that went were like freaking out. They're like, "Dude, what the oh, hell is yeah. that running away?" Shit, you know, it was, it's a loud noise. So that was that was fantastic. That was that was amazing. Um, you know, Casey, he does his side by side ride through the woods, and I didn't get a chance to do it this year, but. Last year, I did get a chance to do it, and those those rides are exhilarating and scary, scary at the same time. Um, you know, the the things govern at like sixty mile per hour. They're not like you know off road ATVs. You know, they're not real. They're like ATVs, but they're like farm equipment ATVs, right? You know, they're like the Kawasaki side by side and fit four people, and you know, you kind of roll through the woods. It has lights and everything. But um, it's not like it has like a windshield or anything. It's just you know, it is. It's just like an open thing, right? And he's flying through the woods. I mean, I swear he was doing like eighty, but I guess you know, it's governed at sixty, so maybe top he's doing sixty. Um, but through the woods, drifting through turns where like you're so tight on the trees that the tree branches are hitting you. <laughs> yeah, 
You know, it's crazy. And it's fast. And, you know, you got to put your seatbelt on. Um, even with your seatbelt on, your ass is off the seat several times in the ride. And, you know, it's it's quite interesting. Um, obviously, there's wildlife out there and stuff, too. So, But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the main parts of the, the event I wanted to mention and talk about. Um, you know, again, I'm sorry if I didn't mention your name. There's a lot of folks that were out there. Obviously, um, you know, it was it was just a whirlwind of an event. I had three hours of sleep every night was the most. The first night I got there, I didn't go to sleep till five in the morning. Woke up at seven thirty. Um, next night was like wasn't that much better. I think it was like four and then seven thirty or eight o'clock. Um, Sunday was the only night that our Saturday night into Sunday's only night I slept into eight. <laughs> from like two o'clock to eight, I, you know. By then, I was just just uh, just so beat from you know the lack of sleep several days in a row, and you know. Um, oh yeah, wait, what am I saying? I totally forgot about Frank Mordiales was there. Chris Nutt was there from RC Heli Hangouts, so that was, it was good to see them. Jason Spaulding was there, um, and more people. Um, Mike Welsh. So many names I already missed, and, and they're all there. It was just, uh, what a weekend it was. And Sunday, we wake up, and we're like, okay, we're going to get ready to leave. Let's pack some stuff up, but we're going to fly some jets today. So uh, Rob and Devin, they brought their Excalibur, their XL, whatever, like the biggest Excalibur uh, jet they make. I think it calls for like a hundred size motor and they have like a hundred and sixty in there. So that thing is super fast, smoke system and everything, just awesome. Uh the first flight was on the back flight line and it was he was you know, he goes up, Rob goes up and he kind of, you know, does his circuits and goes around and you know, rolls and flips and all this stuff and does his thing. And on the landing, he's coming in for a landing and he kinda of bows three times and he kind of, kind of runs out of runway. Well, he does run out of runway and, and kind of takes the front nose wheel off. And I was like, ooh, you know, thinking in my head, oh, no, it's done. Front nose wheel's off. They're not going to be able to fly it anymore. But no, the, the front nose landing gear, the way it's set up is it has a, a pin, which is sacrificial, that shears off um, under hard landings or, you know, situations like this where the runway runs out and so you're going from, you know, nice you know, putting greens to uh, rough corn stalks or whatever it was there, you know. But yeah, he flew it, you know, sheared the pin off. He he had three more. He was like, I heard this was part was, uh, you know, this part of sacrificial. So he bought a couple extra, which was good that he did because uh, he got that back up. And then he uh, and then Devin flew it for, well, he flew it one more time. And he flew this time. He flew with uh, Mike DiPaolo, who had the pilot uh, Dolphin, which he, Mike was like, "Oh, how much do you think this this you know jet costs?" And I'm like, 10 grand, eight, ten grand at least." He's like, "3,200, 300. all up, ready to go, pretty much 3,200," which is, in my opinion, quite affordable for a jet. Granted, you know, I know Fred, you and I were talking about before the show that, you know, right. 3200 might cost around the same or a little bit more than what you spent on a, a, you know, big helicopter all ready to go brand new. But, you know, when that thing crashes, like, <laughs> nothing really survives. So, you know, you know, like, unlike a helicopter where most, you know, 
most of the stuff survives except some of you know you do have to yeah. fix it yeah you can kind of glue some stuff back together yeah yeah you just glue it back together it's fine you know glue the blades and stuff it's fine yeah <laughs> I, I forgot the other guy there was another one it's like a bear jet and now it's flying so they had three jets probably like close to 30 40 grand in the air flying together you know and, and Rob being Rob, man, he freaking lands his jet and just blows smoke all over the runway. And then Mike DePaul's like, I have to land. And he lands in a f- cloud of... <laughs> oh, no. A cloud of smoke, man. And I was surprised. he That thing touched down beautifully, like effortless. You know, the hard part was when he was he landed, he has to turn around and comes back. And he couldn't see his, he couldn't see his jet. So it was like, like kind of like you know, where you know how when you're looking for something, you kind of like look to the right, shake to the left a little, like you know, strafe right, left a little, trying to figure out where is it. Uh, and then the smoke finally clears up, and he sees that he's coming back towards himself. So, and then, and then soon after, the yeah, the other ED, uh, not EDF, the other turbine comes out for a landing. So, and then after that, you know, Devin takes the plane up uh, for his waiver, for his turbine waiver. So uh, we, you know, um, I think Mike DePaulo was the primary, who you know, was like the CD that has a, a CD that has a turbine waiver already. So he could do the primary, and then they could have another CD sign off. Um, you know, another turbine CD sign off as the secondary. So, so yeah, yeah. So he got that going, which was amazing. And and Devin, I mean, you know, he's flown a lot of planes when he was younger before he went got into helicopters. The first landing he did was kind of like, you know, one bounce, but not too bad. You know, one of those landings where you're like, I'll take it, right? He goes back up. It was like, no, no, no. He goes back up, does one, like, he, so he lands from, from right to left. He takes off left to right, does a, a procedure right. turn, right? Banks left, turns right, comes back in for a second landing. And this landing was spot on. Perfect airspeed to um, glide ratio, coming down. And just back wheels touch, front wheel touch, and that's it. Like butter, like perfect. It's like wow, you know. And it's funny because it's like this. I think the second time he's flown that. First time solo, but you know, I think he flew it one other time, buddy boxed. So okay. So he did. He did amazing. So yeah. So he's getting his turbine waiver, and Rob's like, you know, if we had more time, I would have gone up for a turbine waiver too, but. You know, without without yeah. actually ever flying the the, the the jet, I didn't want to fly it. I was like, you know, let's let's buddy box first later, you know, and then you know we can we can go get my waiver after that. So we left around four thirty five after packing the jet up, packing the rest of the trailer up, getting everything ready. We hit so much traffic on four ninety five, so much on Route One. It took us. We left at say five o'clock. I didn't get. We didn't get to Rob's house till midnight, and then I didn't get home to like unpacking the, the you know the camper with all my stuff, packing up my car, and then I didn't get home almost till one o'clock in the morning. And of course, that Sunday and the following Monday was my vacation's over. I had to go what? right to work, so woke up at five o'clock in the morning, beat, super tired. And went to work. So, so what do you got 
10, 11 more days till your next vacation? No, no, not for a while. Not till Urcha, I think. Or, or no, no, there's like, I guess, um, Memorial Weekend coming up soon. So I don't think I took any days off, but I might take a day or two around that time just to, um, you know, make it easier to like go take a trip somewhere and then come back and have a couple of days to, kind of, you know, laundry and settle back in and then and then go back to work. So, so yeah, Memorial Day weekend is probably going to be the next time off I get. Definitely an event to go to. It's if you could make it, if you could put that on your list and make it, definitely check it out. Okay. Okay. News and announcements. What do we have? All right. I'm I'm waiting for Kevin on this one. Where is he? Well, I took a look on Horizon Hobbies. No, so okay. No news and announcements. Yeah, I, I just don't feel right doing it without Kevin. Fair enough. All right, what's next for you in the hobby? Now this, I have no problem doing without Kevin. Yeah. Here. So what's next for you, Fred? Well, um, I got a friend that's got that property up in Georgia called the 3D Farm, Rusty, and uh, shot him a message and asked him if it'd be okay for me to come up and spend a night and do some flying up there on his his fantastic mm-hmm. field. And he said, yeah. Nice. So I'm going to throw the big Cessna in the trailer. And I got a uh, Flex Innovations, the Maba 10. Oh. I have not done a flight with. Okay, good. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got to take that up and dial it in. And, uh, you know, take a couple other things up there and fly around. Because, you know, it's it's a big field. So I can take some of the bigger planes I have that I can't fly at the small. You know, That's always nice, man. I like that. No, it's. And, uh, Sorry, but yeah, no, it just uh, it just it just popped in my head when you talk about flex innovation. So you know, a lot of three D heli pilots, you know, it started out with planes, and you know, yeah. you know, some some you know, some you don't. I never knew Kyle Dahl flew any planes, and that guy he flew a couple three uh, D planes. So this is this is the part besides the jets, the turbines. We also had some three D planes uh, fly. And I have to say, holy crap, you know, you see, you see a lot of heli pilots and you're like, cool, I don't understand how to do that stuff. You know, and you see a lot of 3D pilots and you're like, cool, I don't know how to do this stuff. And it's just the same thing. I was just like, I don't know how he's doing all this stuff. He's doing all this stuff, dragging the tail everywhere. Like, I just, I'm just like, wow, not only can he fly a, a helicopter and be a world champion, he can be a world champion flying these 3D airplanes too. It's crazy. But anyways, that, that's all I want to say about that. Kyle was just throwing down on uh, uh, Flex Innovation, like a foamy. It was pretty big, like a 50 or 60-inch foamy wing. Uh, not wing, but a 3D plane. And then he also flew an uh, an extra 330, I think. Or, and I think that was like a, maybe like a 50% or 40%. So it was, it was big. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I, I don't have anything else coming up next other than the, uh, the trip and, you know, continuing to try to organize the shop. Now that I got it clean, it's back to trying to get my stuff a little bit more organized. Yes. And keep it organized, right? And keep it clean, right? That's the hard part. Well, yeah. So, so kind of things is just, what am I finding I'm throwing down as clutter instead of putting back where it belongs? Mm-hmm. And then if I, I find that stuff, then I can make a spot for it. And if I have a spot for it, generally I don't just throw it on a tabletop or, or a workbench. I'll actually put it back where it belongs. And, that, and that's what I run into trouble with is, is, you know, that, that kind of odds and ends stuff. And so, putting together um, you know, some organizational ideas and, and actual destinations for the material. Yes. Yeah. And that's a part, that's that's actually, the organization part is what I'm having trouble with with my garage. 
Um, and I'll kind of go into it because that's going to be what's next for me in a hobby too. <laughs> so that's it, Fred? Oh, yeah, please. Okay. It's your turn. So, all right. So first, I'm going to – I have to fix my Oxy 3. <laughs> I have to fix my Oxy 2. So I'll probably have to do a small ports, a parts order for those and, and get some uh, replacement parts if I don't have them already. Um, with the Oxy 3, I think I need a spindle and um, – Really just a spindle. I think that's the only thing I need for the Oxy 3. The Oxy 2, I need a tail boom, tail control rod. And uh, I have a spindle. Oh, yeah, and that's it. So I just need that for the Oxy 2. But one of the things I want to do is, you know, my garage is, you know, as far as the sheetrocking and installation, I need two more uh, 4x8 pieces of sheetrock to finish the garage sheetrocking. Um all the parts are insulated besides obviously the parts, uh, the part of the ceiling and the one wall where I have my electrical panel, which I didn't insulate sheetrock yet because I wanted to um, kind of move the panel around and make it nicer, better. But the ceiling, everything is done except for about a sheet worth of sheetrocking. So I got to get that and I'm going to do that. But besides that, I have my, I don't know how wide the racks are i think they're like four by six or four by eight racks which you know like you can either put them on top of each other and make you know um an eight foot tall shelving unit or you can split them and make them you know four feet tall so i have them split i had i had four of those or you know two eight foot ones and i split them all so they're they're all on they're all on wheels so i can always move them around Uh and they're all four feet high which is great so the two I have on my right side of the garage where I had all my planes prior, which I have all my planes there now too, I, they're, you know, they're clear and I put all my bins there. All my bins and they're all open sitting there so that way all my boxes of crap that I have, you know, like parts and servos and motors and, you know, just things that I accumulated over time and I just threw it in, in like these USPS like large shipping boxes or whatever they're just sitting in these boxes. So like I'll go through them and I'll start like, okay, this is like, I have like boxes for like airplane electronics, right? So we're talking about, you know, airplane motors, the stuff that I use for my flight test stuff. Um, you know, ESCs that are for airplanes and all that stuff. I have my helicopter electronics. So all my spare helicopter electronics go in another box. I have my, a box of props, a box of Velcro, a box of servos, a box of, um, you know, zip ties and other things. Right. And, you know, and as I go through these boxes, I'm starting to throw like these, you know, cardboard boxes. I'm going in and putting them in plastic bins so I can sort them all. But it's getting to a point where, like, I don't know, like XT60s. I use it for helicopters and planes. So I just and I have a box for electronics, like charging stuff, right? Charging leads, wires, balance leads, all that stuff, shake wrap, um, wire loom, you know. And I'm like, does that go in the airplane? Does that go in this side? You know, so I'm getting a little confused on or you know i need to i need to put some thought into how i want to organize these bins and not just categorize them by the type but maybe a little bit more you know i have a lot of bins and i have a lot of space for bins you know with with these shelving units that i have so how do i how you know what would you suggest like how how can i organize you know three forms of rc rc cars rc airplanes rc um helicopters and they're parts and you know like i have a box for glues that have like ca and you know foam tack and and epoxy and 
now I have a box for fiberglass stuff, which has my fiberglass, uh, you know, cloth, and then yeah, and then I have another box of fiberglass glue that has my resin. Like I, it's just you know, I'm getting, like, I'm getting a little confused with all these bins, and I, I'm not sure how I can. I, I wonder what's your take on how can I organize them better. I've got well, I've got the uh, label machine that I mm-hmm. label yep. the front of I, each. I have that bits. too. Yep, and they're labeled. Yeah. But the other thing you might do is um, paint the lids. Okay, I'm not concerned about like identifying the boxes that's fine the labels you know just having you know like i have boxes for helicopter parts so synergy and seven parts or synergy parts or goblin black thunder parts black nitro parts that, that stuff i'm not worried about the labels per se but like how do i break things down like i have these quad motors right but i, I can use them for ft planes i could use them for my build another hovercraft like do i just put them in a box of motors do i put them in a box specifically for airplanes I, you know you know same thing with esc same thing with servos i have nine gram servos that are like a couple of bucks and i have bk servos that are like you know a couple hundred dollars like <laughs> you know i don't know should i throw them in the same box or keep them separate no the, i i would separate the servos for mm-hmm. sure but the uh, motors i i keep my quad motors separate from my plane stuff even though you can use them yeah you could use them for sure. planes you know if i'm if i'm looking for something right you know in a hurry to to try to build a plane or build a quad the quad ones are going to be in set to four hopefully so the quad motors tend to you know like i said they'd be in their own box and usually like well it depends on what it is some of my planes motors the the esc soldered to them still yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i have so, them you know, they're yep. in the, versus the uh Quad motors, yeah. Some of them, you know, some of my old stuff had the uh, the ESCs soldered to them, um, but now it's a little uh, a little different with the stuff the way I got to set up now. I because <clears throat> you're you're usually stripping the uh, covering off the ESCs for the quad stuff, All right? Um, and you're soldering directly to the tabs on it. I, I might usually if I'm having to switch something out, I'm desoldering everything. So they they end up staying separate for the quad stuff. Okay, because like right now in my hand, I have like my little RCX brushless eighteen oh four twenty four hundred kV motor, which I originally used for um, the Sparrow. I mean, they were originally used for a quad, but I now like this motor is too small for quads. Like you know, eighteen oh fours aren't going to be used for any quads anymore. So do I put this in a quad box, even though? It still has a quad, you know, little BL Heli quad ESC with an XT60 on the end. But it's set up for a, a plane, like the way that the leads are long and how it has an XT60 at the end and not just, you know, the leads to put on the PCB or P, um, PDB, a power distribution board, you know? Right. Do, so do I categorize as a plane or a quad? Like, I don't, you know? And I have tons of stuff like that that are like one offs, and I don't, you know, not all my quad motors are in sets of four because, you know, one burns out, and I just take the whole set out and get like red bottoms or something, you know? Yeah, well, I, I'm a bad one to ask maybe because I don't <laughs> know if you've seen the last picture of my op, my shop. You back do have there. a lot of bins. That's why I'm asking you. I have a lot of bins. Do you just get more bins? Do I just get more bins and really break it down yeah. granularly? That's really what I do. Um, How about your tools? Got- I have so huh? many Allen keys. How do you, do you deal with your tools? Oh, the, the Allen keys and stuff like that. I've got the magnet strips. Yes, I have four of those from like Harbor Freight. Yeah, you know, and so there's that. Um, and then I mean, you know, how many of the same Allen key do you need? So I strip a lot of one point five, so a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if it's something you're going through a lot, yeah, go ahead and keep them. Um, but uh, that's where uh, 
breaking that stuff down into different kits mm-hmm. can be handy. Yeah, maybe like a travel kit, you know, maybe a kit for... Yeah, if you're using the same mm-hmm. ones over and over again, make a travel kit that goes into every single, you know, it, it, slip it into the battery bag, slip it into, you know, a, a, a tool case, slip it into a radio box. Okay. Um, and that way, no matter what, you have that, the set of your most common used tools with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, especially if you have multiples of each one. Well, you know, I have like my my cheaper set, you know, which would be like your no name or your maybe your Duratrax brand or something like that. Uh, and then I have like my, you know, expensive set, my Scorpion tools, so, which was like one hundred and fifty dollars, you know, for a set of hex wrenches, like hex drivers, you know. Um, and those are like I don't have one set, but they go. They're usually when I'm building helicopters or when I'm. I bring them to the field. So usually they go in my little yellow nitro, my, 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 I call it my nitro toolbox because I only bring it when I bring my nitros to the field. Right. Because it has like glow plugs and my glow, uh, uh, plug remover and, you know, a couple of little things like that, you know. But like when I fly my electrics, they usually don't need a support. Like they don't need any type of support. Like maybe a, a, a hex driver one or two just to make sure things are tying down, but you don't really need to bring, any accessories, just your helicopter batteries and your radio, right? I mean, I guess that that tools I'll just kind of keep in a box and take out when I need to do a build or something. But um, yeah, I just I have so many like wrenches and pliers, and I have like sockets that are just loose in a drawer, and I need to organize them. So I bought that the Harbor Freight little uh, you know like just the socket things, you know the rail, and you put the sockets yeah. on. But those things that are hard to free and they break all the time and they're cheap and I'm just and like I'm I have all sorts of sizes they're just all over I just have to sort them I guess and go through it. Yeah, I, I did spend a little bit of time in the shop doing that. I I got a I got a whole bunch of those Harbor Freight for both the you know the small mediums. Yeah, large your quarter size, three eighths and your half socket. drives. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I uh, I went through a bunch of my sockets that I got from when my dad passed away. I got all of his tools. Mm-hmm. And I finally organized them all up into, you know, the different categories and stuff. Nice. How do you handle, like, um, I don't know, it's kind of going off, you know, the topic of this episode. But, how, <laughs> you know, what else? Uh, what else is new? How do you handle, like, um, screws and bolts and things like that? Like, the real small stuff. Do you have, like, those little, you know, bins or, like, the little slide-out, I guess, little slide-out trays that kind of only come out halfway and you can put screws and stuff in there? Or? Yeah, Harbor Freight on that. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what it is. So, it, like, the bulkier stuff, like like drywall screws and up, uh, I've got the wall-mounted bins. Like the big ones that are kind of, like, they're open on top? Yes, yeah. They're, they're, I don't know, about the size of a paperback book. Yeah. And, and those are nice because I can hang them on the wall and then I can take the whole thing down and take it wherever I'm working. But for smaller screws, washers, yeah, not bolts, uh, I got the uh, Harbor Freight trays that has the lid on the top. It has a little smooth, removable cup dividers. Okay. They're not quite good enough that I'd trust them being turned upside down and back over again that they wouldn't, you know, the Get mixed small up, stuff wouldn't. Right. Mm-hmm. But the bins, right. I've been pretty fortunate. I have not had them flipped over much. Uh, so what I do have in them works well. And I've got... Any of that stuff I do, I try to find something I'm able to go back and buy more of. Mm-hmm. So I'm not having a mixed match of different brands or different you know versions of the same make. Sure. Uh, like all my tubs are generic Walmart. You know, you're gonna hate. You're gonna hate the pictures of my bins. <laughs> oh well, I, I was doing that for a while, and I finally just 
I got rid of all the old ones because they, they none of them matched. They wouldn't they wouldn't stack on each other properly because yeah. they were different size and shapes. And I wanted some that had the latching yes. uh, clasp on either yeah, end. Yeah, I hate the, the ones that the aren't nuts. latching. Yes, yes, definitely the latching. Yeah. Ones. Yep. So, uh, but for my nu- small nuts and bolts and screws, like I said, it's a little tray type um, container that has multiple boxes and a lid on it that you can see through. And that that's how I'm doing that. And what I need to do eventually is as I'm organizing them. Um, is print out little labels and put it on the inside of the cup to, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. tell me the size of the different screws. So I went to Home Depot and I got, um, uh, what's what's Home Depot's brand? Um, the orange and black stuff. Uh, Rigid? Rigid, yeah. So they had one that was like, it's meant for small parts and it was double-sided. Like you had two clear sides on each side and this one, I've tested it. It does hold your your stuff inside there. So I have like, one side is all M3. So M3 from M3 f- by 5 millimeters to M3 by 45 millimeter. So I put the little label inside. So when I'm looking inside it, I see the label right in the bin itself. And I, and I sorted them all out in there. And, and it's good. But it's an easy way of like looking at it and be like, oh, I'm running out of M- M3 by 12. So let me order, you know, 50 of them from MC Massacre yep. or, some, or another site. And then the other side is more of the like off brand so the m2s which i don't really need a lot of m2s and also m4s you know those are those tend to get pretty big and and you don't really need them in in much applications um that we deal with so so that's kind of worked out for that stuff which now but then i have it in like it's like a carrying briefcase kind of thing right and and i'm like okay what do i do with that one so i'm sorted it out right now it's just sitting in my family room behind me but Eventually, that's going to have to find a home somewhere in the garage, and i got to figure that out. But anyway, so that's one of the things I'm going to really work on next is trying to sort through my garage, sort through the stuff, the actual stuff, so I can put them in the bins, and the bins can go on the shelves, and then I can clean up the the, top, the you know desktop areas. I do have a lot of planes started to mount on the walls. All my helicopters, except for my scale and my 600 Nitro, the... My auto rotation helicopters are on the wall too, which is amazing. Um, I didn't know one 700 size blade, you know, with like basically four screws holding it onto a stud. Like I made sure I went into a stud. Um, right. And I used washers on the other side of the blades to make sure that the screws, because, you know, carbon fiber is strong only in one direction pretty much, right? So when you're screwing a hole and you're screwing a screw through the hole, um, on the flat side, it's not the strongest uh, part of the blade, it, you know. And I'm hanging three helicopters on one 700 size helicopter, you know, blade. Granted, the three that I'm hanging, two of them are airframes only. Like I already stripped the electronics out. So one, I stripped the electronics yep. out for sale, which is going to go soon. The other one is that new E5 Super Stretch that I have, and then my one of my nitros, the Synergy N7s, on that one. And another blade has my Goblin, Black Thunder, Black Nitro, the, the two big orange, my twins. And then I have one for the Oxys, which is a smaller blade. But even my planes, I started putting them up. And, I, I, and I'm trying to figure a way to put them up on the wall that's nice. So I've tried to alternate them. So one plane's nose up, one plane's nose down. And alternate okay. them on the wall. You know, Because I have a decent amount of wall space. Now that my shelves aren't going from the floor to the ceiling, I have a little more wall space. So... Um, I have my big, you know, free four C banner, you know, on the back center wall. So I definitely need to do a tour of the garage, which I'll do, um, 
once the garage is a little bit cleaner, I get all that extra sheetrock that I, I don't need or the little pieces that I don't need that I've, I've the scraps out of there and cleaned up. So that way it's not, you know, it's not crazy looking in there still. Um, so yeah, get that E5 built or E5 super stretch built. What else do I have to do? I got to sort through my bins, get that cleaned up. I fix all my smaller helis that I crashed. Uh, and realistically... That's a tall order to get done before even next week, just because I'm back to work now. So I do not have the time like I did on parental or sabbatical. So, you know, those times of like really making, getting progress done on the, on the house or the garage or in the hobby, like, you know, even building that Vigan, I had to get it done before I went back to work because I knew that if I did it, that would just be like, it'd be like one sheet of, you know, um, fiberglass being laid down per week, if not per two weeks, you know, just, or to do like the other side, like one per side, like it would just take me forever. So I was like, I got to get this done. So I'm glad that all the fiberglass things done, all the paintings done. And now I just got to fly that thing. So, uh, yeah, this Saturday will be the maiden of that. It is our club, my club's, um, we have a fun fly that day, like a, a club fun fly, where we're going to be doing some limbo stuff, some helicopter, some pattern flying, um, you know, type of events or type of competitions or, you know, things to do. Um, won't be able to hang out too late because I do need to come home and prep the house for uh, Mother's Day, being, you know, Sunday's Mother's Day. And my wife, uh, I don't know. It's crazy. She's like, yeah, I invited my family over for Mother's Day. And I'm like, why? Oh, no. Why? You were complaining so much about cleaning the house for Hunter's birthday. Uh-oh. Which I ended up doing 90% of. And Abort. Abort. I wouldn't take this argument any No, further. no, no. I'll take it all the way. And then, <laughs> then, then she, you know, then you invite your family over, which, you know, you know it's great. I, I love seeing your family. I love hanging out. It's great. But... The house is like so messy right now. Everything's just everywhere. Hunter's toys are like everywhere. You know, you know how it is. It's just it gets things just life happens, right? So just everything's everywhere. It just and and I'm back to work, so there's no I can't help clean. That's it. Like I'm you know, I have my five hours commute every day. Like there's no I don't have the time that I did before, so I don't know what she was thinking. So we'll see how that turns out. I mean, granted it's only her family and not like family and and friends that are coming over like for hunter's birthday so you know i guess i'm gonna say that ain't all about being clean (laughs) you know (laughs) you know so so yeah it is what it is but um i want to get i want to get that stuff i want to i definitely want to help out and get that stuff going um so i'll do what i can oh another thing i want to do before the next episode is and this is sort of with the hobby or sort of with the podcast is i'm going to be reaching out to a whole bunch of people um about the listener series so we're going to be starting that back up uh i've actually had more people contact me um via the website and the and emails saying that they want to come on the show and would appreciate it and there'll be this one guy i'm going to mention during the uh the wrap-up portion um during the i guess the website comments uh i'll talk about but you know it's like it's, it's very interesting and i want to have him on the show for sure so all right Ready for the wrap-up? Wrap it up. All right. Okay, so Facebook like 771. That's plus five this week. We are slowly but surely getting 
higher and higher and almost gonna hit that 800 mark mm. okay and Facebook has graciously given us three names that are new so awesome alright Gavin cue the music cue the music we have Dana Halas James Templar and David Geiger Geigler Geigler yeah uh. What? <laughs> no, no, that was good. That was good. All right. Okay. Yeah, Dana is um, Mike Sobey's fiance. Met her this past weekend. So cool. All right. Facebook comments. What do we have for Facebook comments? Yeah, Kevin. What do we have for Facebook comments? Kevin. Kevin. All right, so uh, let's see here. I went I went live several times uh, during the day, during the night of Spring Fling. So there are comments. So there's one where Diamante and, and uh, McClellan was flying. So Chris Diamante and uh, Devin McClellan was doing a, a tandem flight. And some folks, uh, let's see, Stan Warcock was like, Yo, yo, wish I was there. Stay alive as long as you can. And then Walt Rager, who yeah. was at the event, says, I see you. Okay, I saw you too, Walt. You're behind me. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had the, the live video for Battle of the Kyles. Kyle Stacy versus Kyle Dahl. And Ethan Altier was high enough? Question mark. Scott Brower is freaking awesome. Andy O'Leary was, holy shit. Uh, Tom, I cannot pronounce his last name. How do you pronounce G and J? together Jonag G I don't know uh, said epic Nick Yuri Heli said Kyle Dog exclamation 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 mark uh, Chris Ryber our friend Chris said double trouble Kyle and Kyle rock exclamation point what else do we have well apparently on single de Mayo mm-hmm. I did post some pictures of the work I did in my shop yes so that counts as Facebook comments, right? Yeah, yeah. We have comments for that. Do you want to read that off? Let's see. What did people say? I'm not going to look it uh, up. That all right. Thanks for the workshop ideas, Fred. I'm starting on mine in a couple of weeks. I'm moving out the den and into the basement. Nice. That was Scott Messick. And that David Gerdeman. Mm-hmm. Our friend, eh? Flying time. That's cute. My flying time has been, past few weeks, has been sitting around the airports and squeezing into flying tubes. So it sounds like he's been doing some traveling. Yeah. <laughs> uh Kevin Tessachiner, however you pronounce that. I don't know. Tessachiner. Yes. Looks great, Fred. We're not worthy. <laughs> we got a Kyle Gaines that said, nice workspace. I, I need to get my shit together. LOL. And uh, Willie Murphy. We all do need to get our shit together. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> sweet. Well, very organized. So that, that was the comments on there. Nice. All right. Let's see. We also have some comments for the live video Let's Fly Some Jets that I posted. And Kevin Tschner said, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chris Ryber said, Yeah, yeah. buddy. Kevin Tschner <laughs> said, He is going to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> he is totally going to. Hey, we've got to butcher everyone else's name. Might as well butcher his name, too. <laughs> said, What's up, Steve? Hey, Chris. Uh, Chris Ryber said, 17 flights yesterday. 
Uh, let's see. Kevin said, McToon flying McJets. <laughs> Chris Ryber, smoke on. Kevin said again, this is awesome. All capital screaming. Chris said, do a Lomschlovak, LOL. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at this. There's, I think, 30 comments and half of them are Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I'm getting, this one's you, which is funny because it comes up as 3-4-C podcast. says, hey, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> Oh, and the worst thing with that was, yeah, I was trying to watch you guys live, and then it kicked out. It wouldn't let me do it, so I posted, and then uh, and then I, I couldn't get back into the feed. It wouldn't show me. Oh, that's weird. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, not really. I had bad connection where I was. Mm-hmm. Kyle Wallerstead said, "Woohoo, planks." <laughs> Chris <laughs> said, "Looks great, dude." Kevin said, "Oh man." Kevin said, "3D that sucker." Chris Nutt said, "What's up, guys?" Kevin said, "Landing." Chris Nutt said, give him a wet willy. Kevin said, LOL. Sweet. Nice flight, Rob. Uh, Ryber said, the Tigger landing. I hate when Jets do that. Nice flight, dude. So that's when he bounced the, the, you know, the plane three times and landed. Kevin said, have a safe trip home. Ron Corris Jr. said, what's up, Steve? Ryber said, DePaulo. Ron Corris Jr. said, I'm old, Ricky. So I guess uh, they're like responding to what folks were saying. Gabriel Sandoval said Jets with a Z. Steven Weinberg said three landings. Happy face. Musumil Bazi said thumbs up. Then said, nice man, I thought the flask would help it. Smooth glide landing like a trainer. The okay uh, emoji icon. Campbell Hogg from, uh, from Down Under. I believe he's from Down Under, from New Zealand. If not Australia. Said thumbs up. And then Rob McClellan <laughs> Who was in the video? It's a nice gear pick. It's awesome. What a crappy landing. <laughs> so he just critiqued his own <laughs> landing. <laughs> Commented about his own landing. I love it. Yeah, so this was funny. This was for episode 123 when Kevin actually Kevin's the one who posted that because uh, I was away at, at Spring Fling. And he like right. it was weird. He kind of messed up the description. And then instead of just editing that description. He just posts episode 123. Welcome to the show. Join Steve, Kevin, Fred as we chat about, well, everything. Fred's trip to Seth is just one of the many topics this week. Welcome. So, I don't know. I took that and I edited the post and put that as a description. And now it says it's posted by me, but it was actually posted by Kevin, which was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We had uh, Mark Ritchie, our friend, said another FFRC sighting. This one down south in Victoria, Australia. Show us your free fall stickers on your toolboxes, yeah, radio cases, whatever, and let us and tell them where you stem from. Uh, so he posted a picture of uh, a toolbox, a red toolbox with our free RC sticker on it. Yeah. So Kevin Tushner said, "Holy cow, that's awesome, Mark." When I say to my, I, I guess said to my wife or say to my wife when I say to my wife how crazy that there are people in Australia that have our sticker and listen to our show she says you're all crazy <laughs> lol <laughs> Mark Richard replies back to his comment says we're not crazy it's a disease ha 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 happy uh, laughy face or whatever and then Kevin responds back yeah man she says that about everything she doesn't understand <laughs> I guess his wife doesn't look at her posts. I guess that's good. Yeah. Yep. Just folks that commented back to your picture. Uh, what plane is that? That's the 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 slow. What is it? Um, the blue and the, white one. One of my picture is um 
Flybaby. Flybaby, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder how many people noticed the the Flat Pat trick. What do you call it? Yeah, that's Flat Pat. Flat Pat. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many people noticed that sitting on the wedged in that table there. I didn't see anybody comment on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. Did you see him? He's chilling there. All right, let's go to website comments. What do we have? So I I have a tr- I have trouble pronouncing his name, but this is called Pox. But his name is Gulami Merliax, I think. And once he is coming to our fun fly, so I'll meet him in person and actually have him explain how his name is uh, pronounced. But he said, I don't know if you remember me. Hey, Steve, I don't remember if you remember me. We exchanged a few emails a year ago. My name is Gulami. I go by Codepox on the forums, Facebook. He's also part of Team Synergy. He flies with David Hill, parentheses, Hill the Flyer. And we are going to share a car and come to your fun fly. I thought it would be cool if we all build a vegan and fly together. I was looking at your photos on Facebook uh, and asking what EDF are you using, motor KV, battery size. I need to respond back to him and let him know that. So I'll respond back to you, or if you listen to the podcast, I will let you know. I am using uh, a cheap EDF, 70 millimeter, 12 bladed, generic, you know, POS that I got from eBay. Came from China, took like three weeks, but I would say your best bet is to go to, um, does Flight Test have EDFs on their site? I think they do, right? Don't they have a kit that they recommend? No. Um, what was the place that... In fact, that's something Josh was working on, unless they've changed it since the last look. Yeah. So I would say um, one of the best places, I guess, to get EDS or that type of... or motors or any of that stuff um, would be Altitude Hobbies. Um, yeah. Let me just see here. Uh, Grayson Hobbies. Grayson Hobbies. That's the other really one. Job. Yep. I think that's the one that, um, that Kevin bought. And he... Like, that's the one he initially went with, the 4S version. So I definitely recommend. Um, I do, I recommend going to seventy millimeter. You can't go with the sixty four, but I I personally like the seventy millimeter. And you can get a based seventy millimeter package, which is the EDF and an ESC for fifty nine ninety nine, which is currently out of stock. But if you wanted to, you can go with the Deluxe, which uh, is seventy millimeters EDF package, which comes with the motor ESC and a battery pack. And then there's the ultimate. The ultimate comes with servo extensions, ser- two servos, um, and that's for 110 bucks. The deluxe package with the motor ESC battery is uh, 95 bucks, so it's not too bad. And if you want, if if the base was in stock, that's only 60 bucks. That's actually probably the best bet in my opinion. Um, if you do go with the 64 millimeter, which you know you can, the price is actually reduced quite drastically. The 64 millimeter, which is in stock, basic, which is the motor and ESC, and uh, the fan duct, right? Can't forget that. It's $39.99, which is really reasonable. The deluxe with the battery is $54.99, and this is ridiculous. The servo with the servos is $59.99. It's $5 more. Might as well get the two servos with it. <laughs> Why not? So, so that's a great deal. And if you just wanted the, the motor and f- fan, um, unit with the blades, it's only twenty bucks for sixty-four millimeters. So cheap. So why not? You could do that. Um, but yeah, I do. Rec- I personally went with the seventy. I like the seventy millimeter. My EDF though, I did get it off of eBay, and the KV I believe is a thirty-one hundred KV, which or twenty-nine hundred. Yeah. 
which is supposed to be for a six, which is success capable. Uh, I am running a Hobby Wing 100 amp V3 ESC. I was able to fit it vertically on the outside, the other side of the battery box. So it's gonna get some cooling. It's gonna, you know, the EDF is gonna draw the heat away from it and through the EDF and out the exhaust port. So it'll it should keep right. it nice and cool in there, and, and and that's where you're supposed to put the EDF. It's somewhere in that on the other side of the battery box inside the EDF duct. So you never have to really worry about the cooling, even on hot days, because it's so much air gets uh, pushed through that that you know uh, air channel. So so you're usually pretty good. Uh, I personally went with two um, high tech Metal Gear servos uh, because the. Vigan is a belly lander, and you know, I've broken a servo, uh, one of those nine gram plastic gear servos. I've broken one of those servos before, and it was, you know, once once the, the electrons are in there, it's it's almost near impossible to cut it out without you know, wrecking the whole plane. So the servo leads, the way that the servos are mounted, are in the EDF. Uh, they're right next to the EDF motor in the back part, about six to eight inches away from the back end and because they're in right next to the edf they kind of go in the fuselage next to the edf and the wires go around the edf and then through the top channel um where your vertical fin is um and then back into the battery box and because of that the way it is laid out it's it's impossible to cut that out and put a new one in so um you know when i broke that servo that one time I ended up having to build a whole new Vigan just because of that servo. So after that, I just went with decent Metal Gear servos. It doesn't have to be high-tech. It could be, you know, um, your Turnigy brand or any other brand. I wouldn't go with anything that's aluminum housing, plastic housing, Metal Gear, to keep the weight down on the back as much as possible um, because you are increasing the weight by going Metal Gears compared to plastic. Uh, so that should work. Uh, and battery size... Uh, um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to try the 1800 and also try doubling up the, uh, Pulse 1845 C-Packs that I have from the Goblin 380 and doubling those up to make a 3600, um, parallel pack. Uh, David Hill, I think we mentioned this, Kevin, um, he responded to Kevin about the music wire, again, from Radical RC or I think, uh, some other link that he sent here, um, which I believe is like Amazon or something. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Website comments. We have uh, this one's a neat. This one's a funny one. <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna think it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you read this one. Nope. Javier Moreno. Okay, he was like, just listen to the episodes. And since Fred always uses barefoot to go to events, I thought of a great nickname for him. I mean, I don't know if he has big and hairy feet, but <laughs> I think the barefoot tradition could make him Fred the Hobbit Provost. <laughs> no, I definitely did not catch that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I responded, LOL, I'm sure he'll love it. You know, for <laughs> emoji, thumb, you know, tongue out emoji. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think of that, uh, Fred? I'm a little bit tall for the Hobbit, I think. Okay, so he's a little too tall, so we're going to have to work on that, no? We'll work on and, it. And since I'm as tall as I am, my feet are proportional now. Now, if I was about a foot shorter, yes, those feet would look funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Javier, I guess we still need to, uh, you know, go work on another nickname, I guess, right? I guess, uh, you know, he's too tall to be a hobbit. 
All right. So this is the one um, I was gonna men- I mentioned earlier. So we got an email from Michael Rosnick, and he said, "Hey guys, been listening for a while, and just wanted to say keep up the good work. Enjoy this week's podcast. Uh, this was this past Friday, and we'll be awaiting the maiden report for the vegan. Also wanted to toss my hat in." For the listener series, I've been in the hobby for eight years, and I'm also a full-scale chopper pilot and a flight test engineer at Bell Helicopters. On the RC side, I fly mostly scale helis, warbirds, and EDFs, and would love to share some experiences. So keep up the great work, guys, and looking forward to the next episode. So, Mike, yes, I will. I responded, um, you know. Yeah, we'd love to get you on the show. We'll check out our schedule and get something booked. Um, you know, thanks for all the kind words, listening to a bunch of knuckleheads like, you know, myself, Kevin, and I, and, and Fred. Um, PS Vegan's done and Maiden's coming Saturday, so plan on going on Facebook Live. So keep an eye out for that. Oh, this is awesome. So, you know, Gulami, who's the team, Synergy Pilot, he emailed saying, Hey, Kevin and Steve, I asked Matt Bowles and he said he would like to sponsor your fun fly by giving items for the raffle. If this is okay with you, I can bring them with me. Um, he's going to share the car with David. Plan on being there around Saturday around 9 a.m. Looking forward to meeting you guys. David and I are also very on vegan, so Kevin needs to rebuild his so he can fly. we can all fly together. Um, Kevin has a success one, so we're good to go. You know, we both have ours, you know, just, you know, you and uh, and David and, you know, bring yours. And I will set a time at new time demos where all four of us will be flying our vegans at a heli fun fly. So we'll go Facebook live on that for the folks that can't make it. And uh, so I responded back, dude, that'd be freaking awesome. I'm doing the final updates on the fly and I'll put his logo on on the sponsor as a sponsor to the event we're looking forward to meeting you finally in person and get some flights in um and yes we're all going to do a edf noontime demo that's every edf that's there must be in the air so far it'll be four of us i'm thinking um if any of our other club members want to bring their edfs you know dead fly also helis sure bring them out let's do it so that should be fun that should be awesome i agree yeah um, he also emailed us back talking about uh, he bought recently bought a couple of YGE thirty five LVT thirty five amp ESCs for his two Oxy twos. So one thing um, about this ESC, uh, there are new ESCs with full V control integration. Similar, these are new ESCs with full uh, V control integration, similar to the Scorpion Tribunus. Comes in thirty five amp, sixty five amp, ninety five amp, one thirty five amp, up to six S. Uh, but they're not cheap. He linked us one, and this is at a UK site, which to me uh-huh. is, I didn't get a chance to look at the site, but he's saying it's eighty nine ninety five plus or minus $10 shipping. $90 for a 35-amp ESC is ridiculously expensive, in my opinion. Um, a hobby wing version would probably be like 30 bucks. So you're talking about three times the price. Wow. You know, um, Granted, if you had the money, if I had the money and I, you know, and I would love to get the, the integration into the V control, uh, like I do with my Tribunus, because it's just one less thing to worry about. You get your your flying milliamp consumed, not by a timer. It's it's fantastic. Um, so if money wasn't a question, I would definitely pick one up. But I can't justify upgrading my thirty dollar ESC with a hundred dollar one. Um, 
But thanks for the link. If anyone's interested, it is the YGE 35 LVT. I do believe that uh, A Main Hobbies has it. Um, he sent us a link to hyperflight.co.uk and they have it there. So if you're in the UK or Europe, you can probably order from there. You can order from there if you're in the States too. Just you know, take a little while to get shipping. Um, he did mention that it had full telemetry, voltage, milliamp, temperature, throttle position, RPM. It's pretty sweet. No more timers. Should work for Oxy 2, 3, 4. Um, with the 4, you probably need a 65 amp. Uh, let's see. It's also pretty light. After replacing his Hobbywing 25 amp with the 35, it was just uh, 0.5 grams heavier. You know, you're getting 10 more amps. You're getting a lot more overhead for only half a gram more. So... Thanks, Kalami, for that. And then this one just came in at 5.02 p.m. today, and I didn't even get a chance to read it, so I'm just going to read it. Oh, this is replying back to... Uh, okay, no, this is replying back to his other email. So he was asking in his email, um, after the maiden um, David Hill, or Hill to Fly, after he made in his uh, FA-18E last week, uh, Galami... Uh, he was talking to Galami and he was building a Vigan. And so you want to know what battery, you know, we're using for a 6S7. He was planning a 4S uh, battery, but he has a 6S motor, which is a 1900 kV um, EDF or motor. Because it's rated for 6S and the kV is that low, um, sticking a 4S is not recommended in my opinion. Uh, 4S just won't right. give enough, um, you know, RPM on the motor for it to fly with enough thrust per pound. So going, uh, you know, he asked for 4S or if you go with 6S and add some weight, he'd like to know our input. Uh, I said with that KV goes 6S. 4S, I don't think we'll have enough thrust. As far as size, Kevin's done 4,100 pulse, which in my opinion is quite big. I'm thinking 3,036 would be better. Uh, and I explained the whole, you know, 1,800s might give me one um, minute flights, but I'm going to try to double them up. And he responded back, thanks so much for the information. My vegan balances with a 4S3300 milliamp right now, so it sounds like I have to order a 6 of the same weight to make it happen. I'm excited to come to your fun flight. Even if the vegan doesn't make it, I'm bringing the F18 Super Hornet. Um, your vegan has to make it, David. <laughs> I need you to get that vegan done. Um, you know, even if, you, if you're 4S33, uh, you know, even if you don't get a chance to buy the 6S equivalent, to that one um even if it's nose heavy you know the vegan is kind of okay nose heavy most planes are okay little nose heavy right so i'm sure maybe we can get a success <clears throat> i don't know i mean i have success 1000 or 1200 million batteries i'll you know we could I, I, as long as you can take an xc60 i have a you know power charging cable that i use for my two battery setups we can use one with two of my Oxy-4 batteries, which are 6S 1250s. So that'll give you, you know, just under uh, 12, it's 1250, so it'll give you just under 3,000 milliamps. And the weight should be very similar. And the size is actually pretty good. Come to think of it, I might even run this setup, right? Instead of trying to figure out, a, a try to fit in these two 1800s, I can easily fit two 1250s because they're like the quad batteries. So they're more squarish than rectangle. So I can put them, you know, one and two, like front and back, which will probably be the same length as my 1800. You know, maybe just a tad longer, which is okay. So bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Bring your Vigan. 
haul it up here. I have batteries for you. You know, if anything, just make sure you have an XC60N or an adapter that can fit into whatever you have currently to an XC60. And don't worry about the battery. We'll figure it out. Bring it. I want. I want to. You know, it's you're the you're the reason why I'm fiberglass my Vigit. If you don't come with Vigit, I'm gonna be upset. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna be upset. You have to get your Vigit done. You have to come. You have till first week of July. You have plenty of time. There is no excuse. You must bring your vegan completed. Okay? <laughs> so, I'm calling you out, David. You have to. Please, you have to. I think that's all we have for website comments. People of Podbean. Now, I'm going to leave that for Kevin. I, don't, I didn't log into it. I'm not bothered to log into it now. We've already ran two hours plus, so... So let's uh, let's move into iTunes review, which I'm gonna leave for Kevin too. So Kevin, <laughs> Nur, uh, you're gonna be handling those portions, whether you like it or not. I know last time when it was you and, fr- and uh, Kevin, Kevin did it. Why don't you go for it this time? Drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the reviews on the next episode. Email freefallrc at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook page, facebook dot com slash freefallrc podcast. Check out our webpage, freefallrcpodcast.com. Say hi to Chris. Let us know if you want us to add anything. Am I supposed to be reading it before <laughs> or after you edit it? So, <laughs> I don't read it verbatim. I do oh, actually. Hey. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, flight test forums off the field, audio and video production. Other than flight test por- podcast, freefallrc podcast, hey, next FT community cast. And then this, yeah, those guys. And apparently there's some other group called rcheliehangouts.com. The forums under the RC Heli Hangouts main section, podcast corner, and Freefall RC Podcast. Next, the RC Heli Hooligans Podcast. Ed and Walt. Walt and Ed. Full Pitch Heli Podcast. (laughs) Jimmy and Javier. And uh, Free Our Skies. We'll see you next time. I'd like to thank all our listeners. (laughs) Free Our Skies, and we'll see you next time. Uh, See, it's harder than... it's, It's not as... I read. I don't read all of it because a lot of it does come off the top of my head because this is such an old version of our outro and it's changed a little bit. So basically, what yes. you're trying to say is you sabotage me and Kevin, but Kevin okay. didn't go for it because he didn't end up reading it. <laughs>